So in 2002, as a teenager in New Mexico, Alana Nichols suffered a spinal cord injury while attempting a backflip on a snowboard. And rather than give up her love of sports, she transitioned to adaptive sports. She inspired becoming the first American female to win gold medals in both the summer and the winter Paralympic Games. So she played wheelchair basketball in the summer and she was an alpine skier in the wintertime. And now she's an advocate for disabled athletes and is one of the most inspirational people you are going to ever hear from. So Alana Nichols, welcome to the main event. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really happy to be a part of this. Well, you know, you have such a great story. And one of the things that I guess we should start with is when you were young, I mean, what sports did you gravitate toward? Yeah, well, I started playing sports when I was about five years old. I was actually raised by my grandparents. So um had so many opportunities, thankfully, because I was raised by them to get into sports and to do all these extracurricular activities. And so uh, when I was in kindergarten, I started T-ball and loved T-ball. I mean, it was like where the love of sports started for me. It was the spark. And then I went on to play basketball and volleyball at the boys and girls club and was just a three sport athlete my whole life. I played through junior high and high school. And, um, you know, I was really focused on fast pitch softball when I was in high school. So that was really what I gravitated towards and um, was hoping to go to college on, on a softball scholarship and was actually being recruited. So at the, t at the time of my accident. Now, how old were you when you had your accident? I was 17. So I was a senior in high school. It was in November of the year 2000, actually. And so you, you get injured. What were those first few weeks and months like, if you can recall emotionally for you? Well, you know, it was really confusing, as I'm sure anybody can imagine being so young and never really having a serious injury before. Um, I woke up in the ICU after an eight hour back reconstruction surgery. And, you know, there's so many medications running through my body. And my immediate response was my grandma said I was just so thankful. I was just like thanking the doctors, thanking the nurses, just, you know, um, kind of to the point where she was like, okay, we know. Um, so, you know, and then when I, when I started to settle in a little bit and try to wrap my head around what a spinal cord injury was, um, I didn't really believe it. So, you know, I had the surgeon that performed my back surgery sat me down and said, you know, this is what a spinal cord injury is. And of all the nerves that regenerate, in your body, your heart and your brain and your lung tissue, everything can come back except for your spinal. Even peripheral nerves can come back. So, 
you know, he told me that whatever function I would get back in the following two years after my injury is probably what I would live the rest of my life with. And so for my young, naive self that thought I could do anything, first of all, I didn't believe that I wasn't going to walk again. Um, but I also thought, okay, well, it's up to me. And so from that point on, I did everything I could to accomplish every goal from sitting up in bed to dressing myself, to getting into my wheelchair, to going from the floor back to my wheelchair, to going up curbs, you know, everything I, I did in PT and OT, it was like, just in my mind, a step closer to what I was trying to accomplish, which was walking again. Um, and then, you know, there were all these other really hard emotional experiences that came along with that. There were days I felt determined and there were days that I really had no hope. And I cried and cried and cried. I cried my heart out. You know, I was just 17. It was a really hard time. I think that is pretty reflective of most people, no matter what their age is, but especially as a teenager, you know, you're just yeah. getting to, you know, figure the world out, so to speak, a little bit. And then to all of a sudden have that kind of snatched. Did you have a, a mentor or somebody that was your, you know, your go-to inspiration person on that day? You know, maybe it was your grandma or grandpa, but was it somebody that just on those days just pulled you up and said, come on, we could do this? You know, I had probably more visitors than my hometown hospital had ever seen. Um, and they filed in two by two on the odd hour. You know, I had so much love in my community. Um, it was really hard, I'd have to say, though, for a lot of my high school friends. They didn't really know what to say or what to do or how to act. Um, it was as if somebody had died and you just don't know what to say, you know. And I now know being 17 is really hard. But at the time, I felt really... I guess I I just felt left out like everybody had gone on to live their life. And I was just this completely different person, um, but the same inside, you know, but I would have to say my, my main source of inspiration was my sisters um, who have been there from day one. And then, but, you know, my grandpa was one of the most resilient people I'd ever met. He grew up on a farm and, you know, it went through the great depression. He just worked his, as hard as you could imagine. And he was really athletic. So even well into his eighties, he was running three miles a day and, you know, he showed me what it looked like to, to be gritty. And I took that into my rehabilitation and then on to what later was my Paralympic career. You're you're kind of stuck in a hospital situation. You're you're facing a life now where you were super active to now one that might be very sedentary. What was the thing that inspired you to get up and try another sport? And what was that first sport that you tried? Well, I like to say that it was serendipity or a God moment or whatever it was. It was, you know it was kind of magical. I was really honestly struggling for two years post-accident. And I went on to college at the University of New Mexico. And, you know, a real 
hard part about what I was going through was I was focused on all the things that I had lost. I, I had made like a mental list of how I was never going to walk in flip flops and I was not going to all the parties and I wasn't playing softball in college. Like I dreamed of. And, you know, it's really a testament to the mental space that you hold and the environment you create in your mind, because it pushed me even farther down. And so what I call my God moment or a serendipitous moment was one particular day I was feeling really low. I had happened to take a shortcut through the auxiliary gym at the university of New Mexico. And I had no idea what was going on in front of me, but I saw a whole team of people playing wheelchair basketball. So five on five, 10 people in chairs on a normal daily basis. I didn't see anybody else in a wheelchair, my age or, or anything. So I felt like there wasn't anybody else. I felt isolated. You know, I felt misunderstood. And then all of a sudden this happens chance shortcut. I took, I came across a whole group of people that were doing the best they could with what they had. And there were folks that were missing both legs, one leg, you know, paralysis at every level, some more, more disabled than me. And I saw them working hard and I saw them doing the best that they could with the body that they had. And I saw for the first time, these things called basketball chairs that have, you know, the angled wheels and the straps and the the wheels on the back. And I mean, it was such a life-changing moment for me because I didn't know that people could be active um, and have significant disabilities, but I also saw these these folks being like extremely athletic, like sitting stationary, shooting a three point shot and making it, it was jaw dropping for anybody. And so that day I got into a basketball chair and everything changed for me. I mean, I wouldn't say it happened in, you know, a heartbeat, but I started to open up and I started to think about all the things that I still could do and how my arm still worked and, you know, the feeling of getting my heart rate going and sweating and my, you know, my love of the game was still there. And all of a sudden the competitive juice flows again. And what a fortuitous moment, how that you walk through that gym and saw that. Yeah. Um, Now, so obviously your passion for sports came through in in such a big way that you were able to compete in the Paralympics. What was it like that first moment when you're out there representing your country all of a sudden? How how did that make you feel? Wow, what a great question. Um, Well, the lead up to Beijing in 2008 was I made the team in 2004 as an alternate. So I had the better part of four years, if not five, to prepare. So I love that part of it because there was so much anticipation. And then finally, you know, traveling for the first time to China, what a dream, you know, it's not even a real, you know, so everything seemed so incredible to begin with. And then we have opening ceremonies, which was another dream come true. Like women are floating from the sky and they light the cauldron and the games begin (laughs) You know, it was just really so many pinch me moments. I couldn't believe that I was a part of. And then, you know, it comes game day, first game. And you put on your jersey and you have a big USA across your chest and your name on the back. And, you know, there were a lot of moments of reflection where I thought about how 
my athletic career, I thought had ended when I broke my back and became paralyzed. And how little did I know, because I became open to what was possible, it was only just beginning. And it wasn't going to be anything like I thought it was going to be. It was going to be bigger and better than I could have dreamed of, you know? So it was that's, unreal. That's, that's the message in the whole story, right? Is that, you yeah. know, you just wanted to play competitive softball in New Mexico. And now, right. you know, you have this cataclysmic event in your life. It opens your eyes. It opens the opportunities to now represent your country in China. I mean, right? smokes. So you have this incredible moment in Beijing. So what do you decide to do? I'm going to go to the Winter Paralympics. I mean, what, what possesses you? Right. You know, I actually, for the first time maybe in my life, was very forward thinking. I'm, I'm a live in the moment, live in the present person. But before we left to Beijing, I thought to myself, you know what I want to do? I want to hopefully win this gold medal in Beijing. And then with the money that we win, which wasn't a lot at the time, we didn't have equal pay at the time. Paralympians are now on the same level. Um, I would take that money and put it into a competitive ski racing program in Winter Park, Colorado. And, you know, I went and visited the coach who runs the athlete competition program there. And I told him what my plan was. And he, to this day, he loves to eat these words. He said, I think you should probably focus on 2014. Like it's not going to happen, you know? And it was just the right amount of fuel for my fire. And I said, Oh, you don't think I can? Oh, you don't think it's possible. And that was what just drove me, you know? And again, it was just about this real attitude of whatever will be, will be. I'm open to it. I'm going to do the work required. And, you know, like a Cinderella story, we won that gold in Beijing. I moved out to Colorado within two years, I'd made the Paralympic team and was competing in Vancouver. Um, and then all the magic happened because I ended up becoming the first female American to win gold in the summer and winter games. And, you know, was the most meddling athlete of the games either Olympic or Paralympic. So I got to meet Michelle and uh, Barack Obama and got to do a school visit with the wow. first lady and just wow. all this magical, there were wow. red carpets, you know, and it was, it was just really, I feel very fortunate, you know, that I have, I guess, rolled through the doors that were open for me and was open to, um, doing the work, planting the seeds, and then reaping what I sowed. You know, on your personal side, so you're, you're married to Roy Tuscany, who, you know, was also injured in a skiing accident very early in his life. Can you just tell us briefly, how did you meet? And then how do you inspire each other every day? Well, we met back in 2010, actually. So that was a pretty magical year for me. Oh, I wow. Just won a bunch of medals and we met at a Paralympic fundraiser when he had just started the high fives foundation. So we met in passing and I became aware of his organization and really loved his mission and what he's all about, which is really kind of fun first, you know, like his tagline is 
it's not going to be the same, but it can still be awesome, you know? (laughs) And that's really what they're about here. They're about making opportunities and moments of joy happen for folks that are in the midst of, you know, a really challenging life altering experience. And so we worked together for years and years and reconnected maybe five years ago and our, the timing in our lives was just right for us to settle down and start a family and, you know, kind of join forces a little bit. Um, It's funny that you asked what we do to inspire each other because I think we're probably the worst partners in terms of giving each other any kind of sympathy. <laughs> like he jokes that I had a paper cut spinal cord injury, or I joke that he had a paper cut and he jokes, I didn't try hard enough in rehab. You know, we're just kind of crass like that, but um, you know, we, we try to, we try to keep it light. You know, we, we have these old bodies that, you know, I've been in a chair 22 years and I, wasn't kind to my body for a lot of years as a ski racer and we just have these aches and pains and we just deal with them in the best way we can and we like to have fun when possible we have a three and a half year old that's probably the light of our lives you know he brings so much joy to us so I know you're also you also do work with the Women's Sports Foundation too and so I don't know how you have time to train and raise a kid and do all this other stuff with the High Five Foundation and now the Women's Sports Foundation. Uh, can you tell us a story maybe from the somebody that you met in the Women's Sports Foundation maybe that would be an inspiration to some of our patients today? Well, I, I have to, I would be remiss if I didn't mention our founder, Billie Jean King, being like the biggest inspiration. So... For those that aren't familiar, Billie Jean King um, was a pioneer in women's sports and for women's equality in sport. She started her foundation, uh, the Women's Sports Foundation, in 1974. But prior to that, um, she advocated for women's sports in a huge way, um, but most famously through the Battle of the Sexes uh, when she won a tennis match. that gave her and the women equal pay. And so, you know, one of the things that inspired- Let me me interrupt for one second because a lot of the kids are not gonna know about that, but she, in in the Houston Astrodome, I believe, she played Bobby Riggs, who was a a very competitive tennis player. He was, I think, a doubles champion at Wimbledon and stuff. And she just wiped the floor of the Astrodome with Bobby Riggs. And all of a sudden in the space, I think 70 million people watched that. And in the space of an hour, women were all of a sudden, they could compete with men and earn equal pay and all those other great things. So I'm sorry I interrupted you, but I no, thank you for context to the kids because they they won't know that. But look that up. Oh, my gosh. Well, there's a fantastic movie that they just did. And um, it really tells the story. Steve Carell is Bobby Riggs in the film, and he's a perfect person to play that character um so you know one of the Billie Jean quotes there are so many um but she always said that she doesn't want just a piece of the cake she wants the whole cake the frosting and the cherry on top like we we're not satisfied with getting anything less than what 
is equal. And so that's inspired me in a way that's just so empowering as a woman. Um, but there is one particular woman that has really shown me so much. And she's also a past president. Her name is Amy Mullins. And she is a double leg amputee um, that was also a Paralympian and is currently a full-blown actor in LA. And she's got a new movie coming out or it just came out. So anyways, this woman's a powerhouse and she was one of the first, you know, I guess really publicized athletes with a disability. And she really did a lot of great work as um, the president of the Women's Voice Foundation, then also just on her own accord, um, encouraging so many um, with and without disabilities. She's so graceful and so beautiful and so talented in so many ways. You've done so much. I know, I think, were you doing surfing now too? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's kind of like my, I would say it's more of my retirement sport, you know, people pick up golf or tennis. I picked up surfing, which is arguably one of the hardest things I've ever done. Um, but yeah, so I sit on uh, what's called a wave ski and you strap in at your waist and you use a kayak paddle to paddle out and over the waves. And then you get out to the lineup and you can use the paddle to paddle into the wave and head up and down it. And it's incredible. It's it, one of the most fun it, things. Does it have a skeg or is it, how does it, how do you Yeah, it? it's a thruster setup. So there's three um, fins on the bottom. Okay. You can run two or four though. And uh, it's more or less a surfboard on the bottom and kind of an open kayak on the top. That is yeah. it's phenomenal. And so are you going to be a Paralympian for that too? <laughs> well, you know, I, I have kind of shifted to giving back and creating opportunities for others. And so I've been working closely with the Athlete Commission Board for LA 28. So the games will be in LA in 2028. Wow. Um, and also the International Surfing Association, which is diligently working to get adaptive surfing into the games in 28. So I'm kind of right in the middle working angles and doing what I can to get it in. Um, and we're making great progress. So we hope to get some final news soon. Um, it's an incredible kind of newer sport. Um, but we have over a hundred athletes from 30 different countries at the world championship event. So you could imagine folks oh. from all over South America, oh, yeah. all over Europe, all over Australia and New Zealand, um, folks that probably, you know, I've heard stories of them selling their only car to get to that one adaptive surfing competition. And like, wow. it's a big, big deal. And so we have categories for folks with all kinds of physical impairments, including um, visually impaired. You have a prosthetic division, um, upper arm division. You can even be fully paralyzed and be a surfer. So we've got a lot of quadriplegics that are in the assisted division. So they get pushed into the wave. They've only got maybe this much of their body functioning, just enough to, you know, float over if they fall off the board. Oh my God. It's incredible. It's amazing. And in, you know, it's so therapeutic. It's one of the best things that you can do as a human 
I think is to go out in the ocean and, you know, it's probably 10% surfing, right? 90% is just bobbing around, just watching the pelicans fly or whatever it is. And so um, really grateful to the Challenge Athletes Foundation, who I work really closely with as well for their involvement in growing the adaptive surfing movement as well. You have been wonderful with your time today. And I encourage people to go and look up more stuff about Alana Nichols because she's our main event today, but she's a main event every day. And so I want to thank you so much for your time today, Alana. I know the kids are going to be very inspired by this and keep reaching for those incredible accomplishments because, you know, Gunner Gunner's going to need stuff to do. So, you know, he's going to be skiing, he's going to be surfing, he's going to, so he needs those more challenges in front of him. So that's great. So thank you very much. Absolutely. No, thank you. It's been a pleasure. I really respect and um, revere what you're doing. And I, I hope you know it's making a huge difference. Thank you.